Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist here in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale and Miami, Florida, and it's the Brain Love Podcast. You're tuned into another new episode. A new episode drops every Sunday night at 8 p.m. And, uh, you know, the topic, the topic can be anything. You know, I've talked about children in depression, teenagers in depression, the significance of the Confederate flag, as well as um, purchasing a sex doll, you know, and the implications it can have on a relationship and mental health struggles. Again, I just want to say I appreciate all of the love and the support from my regular listeners. Man, it's just, it's been wonderful when I see that by the time Monday morning rolls around, when I have several plays and and I see people are listening, it really, it does a lot for one's, um, I guess, esteem, you know, because you feel like people believe in what you're saying and they want to hear you speak. And so... Tonight I'm I'm at it again and um, you know I had a topic and then I changed it and then I feel like I need to change it again. I'm in just a mood right now. I'm feeling a vibe and um, so many things have happened in the last week and I, I'm referring to Washington D.C. the riots and all of those things. I wanted to talk tonight about a sexless relationship, a sexless marriage. I'm sure some of you may have known someone or some of you may have been in that situation. So I think I'm going to stick to that topic, but here's a save the date. Just know that I'll be coming at you with an episode discussing emotional intelligence and how we're reacting and responding to this chaos and um, this disaster in Washington, D.C. under the leadership of our current president of the United States. Donald Trump. I was reading an article this morning. I'm going to turn this music down so I can discuss this article. I was reading an article this morning about um, the sister of Miriam Carey, who was fatally shot by Capitol Police and U.S. Secret Service more than seven years ago after leading officers on a high-speed chase near the White House. And I think you know what I'm about to, to get at here. So this young lady... Um, in October 2013, was actually enduring a mental health episode, and she drove to Washington, D.C. with her daughter in the back of her car. Um, And if you recall this situation, I actually, I, you know, when I read the article, I said, oh, my gosh, yeah, of course. But as Washington, D.C. was being terrorized and attacked by U.S. citizens um, this past week, I really didn't think about Miss Carrie, and um, and I'm so glad that her sister, that her sister is speaking up. Um, she mentioned that if there were brown and black folks there in D.C., how we would have been treated differently, and we know this to be true. So anyhow, um, unfortunately, Miriam Carey was gunned down by Secret Service officers and Capitol Police. They killed her there at the scene. She um, did not even breach the perimeter or the barricade of the Capitol. 
Instead, she she was stopped at Garfield Circle and placed her car in reverse and hit a police car and drove away, and officers fired at her. They chased her, and the chase ended um, as Carrie crashed into a security barrier a few blocks away. She died after being shot five times by the police. So I just wanted to take time to um, just to mention this young lady, Miriam Carey. I feel like, man, say her name. She suffered from postpartum depression after having her baby in 2012. Um, and so, and, and they say that she was mentally stable at the time of her death. So anyhow, don't think that I've um, disregarded what's going on in Washington, D.C., because that is not the case. I will be back with an episode that addresses addresses emotional intelligence, you know, and it may even include some information about our acute stress reaction to everything that's happening right now. So before we go into tonight's episode, just a, a little break, 20-second break, y'all. Got to let the sponsors in. These days, it's harder than ever to stand out from the crowd, and it's even harder to get paid for the work you put online. Luckily, there's a new way to put your work out into the world. It's called Discovered. Discovered is a new digital platform and social network where creatives share their projects to new audiences and earn more money from their work than any other platform. Ready to get out there? Visit discover.tv today. So just to cue up tonight's episode, I um, interviewed a lady on on my Therapy Thursday. If you don't subscribe to my YouTube channel, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please go to YouTube and go to Dr. Delvina Thomas, D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A-T-H-O-M-A-S, spelled the black way, and subscribe to my channel. Um, a little while ago, I interviewed a young lady who uh, got married to a virgin, a guy. They were both in their 20s. He's about three or four years older. And um, huh, he remained a virgin until they married. And mm, he still wanted to remain a virgin after they married. So check out this conversation we had. Um, I just want women to feel more empowered about their sexual health and wellness. And be like this young lady, young lady speak up. If things are not right in your relationship or they're not flowing, as Tony Braxton was just singing, to let it flow. If that flow isn't there, you know, you got to talk to your partner about how to make that happen. And listen, my belief is this. If you're not able to remedy that situation and make that flow happen and be happy, to be able to check the box really in all aspects of that relationship then I feel like you should move on, especially if you're a young person. Now, this is barring any physical health problems that maybe your significant other is battling because of a medical problem. Like some men have strokes or have severe diabetes, and they, it's, they have a very difficult time achieving an erection. If that's the case, then he needs to meet you somewhere in between, meaning he, has to, he should be willing and able to perform oral sex and help you um, to achieve your intimacy goals. Um, as this young lady said in the interview, holding hands, spooning, cuddling, all those things, men who are listening, all those things mean a lot to a woman. So don't feel like if you're not able to achieve an erection that that sex and intimacy goes out the window. It does not. There are things you can do to make the other person feel wanted and to make that person feel good. So take a listen 
as I talk to this caller about her sexless marriage. Basically, this is a young lady who um, was um, courting um, a gentleman or the gentleman was courting her. They were dating and um, they knew early on that they both wanted to get married. Um, they had discussions about marriage and also about um, having children. Um, they were both in their late 20s when they started courting. Maybe he, um, I think he's a couple of years older, so she may have been 28, 29, and he was about 31, 32. And um, so basically they courted. They both are into church, into, um, they're very, very spiritual besides being uh, religious. And um, he asked her, she was not a, a virgin when they were courting, or she is not a virgin and was not a virgin when they began courting. He um, was a virgin. And he asked her to respect his virginity and his choice not to um, have intercourse prior to marriage or not to fornicate. Um, he advised her the reason he uh, did not want to uh, be intimate prior to marriage or the reason he did not want to um, yeah, not to be intimate, not to have sex was because of uh, religious beliefs. He really wanted to hold it and save it for marriage. Um, they got married and um, their honeymoon, he could not achieve an erection. So they, they did not have intercourse or make love the night of their wedding. They went away, they had their wedding, they went away for the honeymoon and the night that was supposed to be special turned out not to be special. Eventually they did have intercourse um, because uh, they were able to procreate. They had a daughter about um, maybe a year, a year and a half, maybe almost two years. And actually, yeah, a year into their marriage, they had their daughter. Um, and since then, and actually during the pregnancy, they were not having intercourse. They were not intimate. And um, since the birth of their daughter, they also have not been very intimate and no intercourse. No, and when I say no, no intimacy, that includes oral sex, that includes intercourse, um, and also really not even spooning. Have you guys heard of spooning? There's no spooning, there's no dry humping, uh, none of those things. So I'll bring her on the line. As you know, Therapy Thursday, I try not to be, um, I try to have uh, these people present their stories quickly, whether they're in person or they come on the line. Sometimes, the dialogue goes a little longer than we anticipate because there may be questions from you and I encourage you to ask questions and I'm encouraging you to call in. So please call 305-981-1700, 981-1700 if you would like to ask a question or share a comment. You may also comment here but the call-in number is 305-981-1700. Before I bring her on the line, do any of you have any questions? Uh, and keep in mind, I'll ask her some basic questions, so that way, again, you can kind of hear the basis of the story. Um, and I have um, an outline of questions, so that way we can kind of proceed through the dialogue and, and the questions um, and, not, and not delay anything. So if you have any questions, please post them here. Um, if you've been following me on social media, um, you know that I have had a couple of posts about men being virgins into their 30s and whether or not that suggests that there's a bigger issue besides wanting to maintain one's virginity or not um, 
or not fornicate, um, maybe there's a bigger issue. Again, if you have questions you'd like for me to present to the caller, please, please post them here. So let's see if she's ready. How's everyone tonight on Therapy Thursday? So this is a great discussion about sexuality, um, intimacy, and how it is important to be a part of these discussions because all of these things um, can affect, or some of these things we all share some of these concerns in our, in our lives. Does he have any medical issues not yet diagnosed? No, there are no, he does not have any medical issues that we know of, no physical health problems. So no diabetes, no high blood pressure. So physically, there's not an issue. Um, but we do know that in sexual dysfunction, a lot of times, the main reason that someone, let's say, let's take a man, cannot achieve an erection is, um, is mental. Yes, it can be physical, such as elevated blood sugars or elevated blood pressure, which, of course, you know by now, most of you, that an erection is the result of blood rushing to the penis. So that blood fills the vessels in a man's penis, and it helps the penis to engorge, to become erect or hard. And so, um, and then a man can execute the, the task of sexual intercourse or masturbation if that's what's happening or some other form of, of sexual pleasure. Um, so the most common reason why men are not able to achieve an erection, it's not physical, it's usually uh, mental. All righty, she says she's ready. And the same for women, hands down, women who cannot get lubricated, um, who cannot get turned on or have low libido or women who um, cannot um, climax. The reason is not physical, but it's usually mental. Okay, so our caller is ready. Allow me to get her on the line. Hi, good evening to you. How are you? Well, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the call. So your understanding, I explained it based on what I thought from uh, conversations with you. Can you tell us what was the reason for, or what was his reason for no premarital intimacy or no premarital sex? Religion. He did not want to do that for religious purposes. He did not want to sin. Okay. So for religious reasons, he did not want to um, be intimate or no intercourse or both? He did not want to have intercourse. Okay. Um, before marriage, did you guys have um, like oral sex, fellatio, or uh, conolingus? No, we didn't do anything like that. And I really hope my story helps someone in my situation or someone who's dating somebody. Um, and not, I mean, sex is important, but I think it's the choices that we make when we're getting to know somebody that helps. So it wasn't, I was okay with not having sex, before we got married, but what I compromised on was not just being intimate, holding hands, just really kind of spending that time. And he, it wasn't until after we got married that he realized that was just as important as having sex. I see. And so how far into the marriage did he realize that that was just as important as having sex, the holding hands and hugging and kissing? 
at the end because now we are separated. Oh my. Oh my. So you've decided to move forward uh, with the separation and a divorce? Yes. Wow. And we talked, you know, we, we talked about these things before we got married. And so if people were to say, well, didn't you know? And I knew all of this, but he, you know, he made it seem, and I was okay. I was okay with not doing a lot of intimate things, thinking that when we got married, we would, you know, do those things and spend time and, and get to know each other. And, and that didn't happen because there was no chemistry. Right. So it sounds like you're saying maybe if you guys were a little more intimate in the beginning, such as before marriage, you may have known if chemis- chemistry was there, if you guys had uh, a connection or if you spoke one another's love language. Is that what you're alluding to? Yes, because you can be okay. I think I've seen some things you have posted, sex and marriage celibacy all, all that is fine but you have to communicate with each other and I thought we had and I was surprised even after we got engaged that he still didn't want to just do a little bit more not have sex but just you know cuddle or be really close with each other and he would say no because I don't want that to put me in a situation where I'm having you know I could you know have sex or do that with you and so I, I i was okay with that okay so you believed him when he said listen baby we can't hug i don't want to lie on the couch with you we can't spoon or cuddle or dry hump because i don't want anything to tempt me to pull your panties off yes okay so that's what he told you and then what happened after you got married there was a bit of chemistry during that time you know, the chemistry meaning that I think that low, that first level of attraction, I think you're nice look, you know, that type of chemistry, nothing heavy. And after we got married, it just wasn't there. You know, I wasn't feeling it with him. And I, I don't want to say anything that would eventually come back to him, hurt his feelings. But I think people would probably understand that, you know, you realize what you got or you, you saw that. Do you know what I'm trying to say, Dr. Delvina? You know, this. Yeah. I don't, you know, it just, I, I don't want to, because I'm not saying I'm like, you know, Holly Berry or anything like that. Um, and I think that's the other thing, too, that I have, as a woman or as women, we have to be honest, too, that, you know, sometimes men are not feeling the chemistry with you, but it just wasn't there. And so I look for that chemistry in other ways, holding hands. Can you cuddle with me? Can you hug me? And because he had never done those things, he couldn't even do those things. Because I guess he didn't, I mean, it's obvious. He didn't feel the chemistry either. Gotcha. Okay. And I have to be honest, I, I'm very, I realized that many years later that I'm not the only one that feels this way. Okay. So lesson number one, maybe from this so far, is determine if chemistry is present prior to saying I do. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Question. Before you married him, did you see him naked? No. I asked. I said, let's explore each other. And he was unwilling to do that. So you never saw him completely nude? No. Did you see his penis before marriage? No. Did he see you nude or naked before you married? 
Not like that. You know, bra and panties, um, but not completely. What was his reaction when he would see you bra and panties? Um, it didn't happen a lot. It's when I kind of said, oh, I'm just going to stay the night over here, and we would be in the same bed uh, with each other. Looking back on it, realizing that he probably wasn't that attracted to me. Okay. You think, now, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So you're, so you're, you're, um, you're finding fault in yourself. You're saying, looking back on it, it seems like he wasn't attracted to you. But maybe it wasn't about his attraction for or lack of attraction for you. It was something else. Why do you feel like it was because of you? Well, because you want to believe you want a man to be attracted to you. You have to. I, I guess I'm looking for, like you said, looking for fault. Like why? Why not me? You know, I know why Why I was not attracted to him. It, I might have been his first, but he was not my first. And I have been with other people. And I have been with other people who were attracted to me. You could tell, you know, the way they react to you. They want to be around you. They can't keep their hands off of you. And that never happened at all. Okay. So I, I think I want to just redirect you about um, his attraction for you. It may, I don't think you're to blame here. I don't think that the issue was you, that it was because he wasn't attracted to you. I think if Holly Berry was there next to him in bra and panties, that's the person you reference. I think it would have been the same scenario. So I, you know, I've heard your story and I know, and so I believe that it, the issue is not you. It's not that he couldn't find you attractive. I don't know that he would find anyone attractive, actually. And before I go on to the next question, one of the viewers said he may be on the down low and just got married to hide it. Have you ever suspected that he was on the down low? You know, I, I, at one point I wondered, but I just think he lived a sheltered life or he was sheltered, you know, he was never exposed to that. Because I did tell him that. I told him that um, a couple years ago when trying to work on our marriage, I said, you have never been in a relationship with somebody where you had to use intimacy to make up, to forgive them. So you need to, you know, maybe read a book or, you know, you like to read, look at these books related to Christian, Christian relationships and things like that. Um, so I think it was just because he, he'd never been in that situation before and, and he wanted to do what he, what he wanted to do. He wanted to be right and he didn't want to listen to me. Gotcha. So no relationship experience. So he had not practiced. There was no practice basically. Not like on the level that he had with me. How many times did you guys have sex the first year of marriage? Just a few times, not even a lot. Can you count them on one hand or would you have to count on two hands? I can count it on one hand. On one hand, the first year of marriage, you had sex. You can count on one hand um, how many times you had sex the first year of marriage. Yes, we had a child as a result. Lucky you that you were able to, you know, that you were able to um, conceive only that few amount of times. Okay, good. God was on your side, I guess. And you know, he's always on your side, but there was favor in that. Um, yeah. So what about the first year of marriage? Uh, did he perform any conolingus 
for you? No. Did he allow you to perform fellatio on him? No. Okay. Um, did you guys have conversations about the lack of sexual intercourse, the lack of oral sex, the lack of intimacy, not hugging, not kissing? Was there a conversation the first year of marriage? More about intimacy. I wanted him to hold my hand or reach out to hold my hand. I'm a cuddler. I like to cuddle. I would ask him to, you know, okay, can you come back and, and hold me, you know, cuddle, cuddle me at night before I go to bed. And he would for a few minutes and then when I'd fall asleep and sometimes I'd fall asleep and say, hey, where are you going? He'd say, well, you're falling asleep. You're, you're, you know, you're snoring. And he would leave the room and go finish playing his game or watch TV. And if we were, this is before we had our daughter. We were laying on the couch, and I would say, "What? You know, come over here and lay on, lay with me while we watch TV." And he would say, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay in the." We had like a big chair, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna lay right over here. I'm gonna sit right over here." And um, when we go to church, hey, can you, can you sit beside me? Can you sit a little bit closer? You know, can you put your arm around me? And you get tired of asking for that, right? Um, and so that was like in the first couple of years, and then the normal things happen. You get busy with work. You get busy pursuing. You have a child. And then when I took a, then I took time to step back uh, when our child was about four years old and said, is this what we want marriage to be like? And we talked about it. You know, we're not having sex. We should be having sex in the morning. We have a child that goes to bed on top. She goes to school on top. And he said, yeah, I agree with you. But he, he wasn't making any moves to get it done. Okay. So you pretty much answered that um, you tried to gain his interest sexually um, you talked about it with him. That was one of my questions. Did you masturbate? <laughs> yes. That's how I made it through. Wow. How often did you masturbate? Do I have to say that? Yes, you do. <laughs> Enough so I wouldn't go insane. And that was what, every week, every day, once a month? There was probably a period I didn't do it a lot, and then I started reading slutty, you know, romance novels, and that kind of, it's almost I went on a dry spell, and then I was like, then I found my rhythm, like, oh, I can, yeah. I never, I never pursued anything, but I never pursued anything with anybody while I was married. Okay. So of course you knew that was next and that was whether or not there were any outside relationships to cope with the intimacy issues at home. No, did not. Do you think he was cheating on you at all? No, because... Because he couldn't get it up with you, huh? <laughs> I, I Also, he is... Um, He's, you know, we're, we're all Christian. You're, you're a Christian too, and you're a woman of faith. And But, you know, some people that are just that true, I would say Bible beauty, that I do everything right by the Bible. I'm okay. not going to sin. You know, I don't right. know if you know the people like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, and he's like that. So he's not going to lie. He's not going to do those things. And so he might not have wore his ring, but I, I don't believe, if he did, I will be surprised. But I don't believe that he did. I don't believe that he did. So I, I kind of told a part of the story. I said he couldn't get it up with you. So, of course, he wasn't cheating, sexually cheating, because people can cheat and not have sex or intercourse. Um, yeah. Do you know if he was able to achieve an erection? Did you ever feel for an erection? Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So we had our child, and then another time we had sex. But the other times, it was okay. Okay. So did you finally get a chance to see his penis once you were married? Yeah. Okay. And what did it look like? Your average. Not too much there. That average is uh, more along the lines of um, four to six inches. Was it average? Yes, yeah, so it was probably maybe even a little bit less than that. Was it three inches? It was, yeah, probably around that. I wonder if he had a micro penis. And um, I feel so bad talking about him like that. No, we're not saying anything bad about him. Um, you're not saying anything negative. We can move past that part. Um, okay, so you already said that now divorce is on the table. I have one other question for you, and that's whether or not you guys went to formal marital counseling or couples counseling. No, we did not. Early on, maybe when our daughter was about two, we discussed it. And when I approached him about it a couple months later, he brought it up. Maybe we should go talk to somebody. And when I brought it up again, um, he said, no, I, you know, we can just talk it through ourselves. Okay. He said you guys could just talk it through. He didn't want to go. Do you think he was hiding something? No, we don't know too many people where we live, and I, we know people, we don't know people. So it was, how do we find, I remember the conversation was, how do we find somebody but not ask anybody that we're looking for somebody, you know, one of those. And um, I just think he, he, he's a man that, that didn't think he needed help. Hmm. I think that... Oh, I, I strongly suggest that he probably has a history of trauma is what I'm thinking. Um, and, you know, going to a couple's counselor or a therapist, he may have been afraid of that because of having to talk. And maybe if, you know, you guys were um, or went to the right person, they may have also kind of suspected some traumas there in his past. And it, he may have been, um, he may have been, sort of um, faced with a dilemma of whether or not he wanted to talk about those things or share those things. And sometimes uh, couples counseling or relationship counseling can turn into individual sessions for each each party. So that might have been something that was um, that he did not want to engage. I, I know some things that um I would agree with you. I would say that you can't let your past dictate how you are going to be in a relationship. And I think he let what he saw growing up or what he did not see growing up dictate how he was going to be in a relationship. His parents don't show affection, so he doesn't think, because he said, I only have my parents to model from. His parents are still married. You can see the love between them that they care for each other, but you never see them 
you know, show affection, that his mom supports his dad and the things that his dad does, his dad supports his mom and things that she does. And when he made, made those comments several times and I started really listening to that recently, I realized that that's what he said in response to me, why don't you hold my hand, why don't you do this? And he said, I only knew what I saw. And that's sad. For me, I know, I mean, we're at an age where our parents are the parents who got married when they were 23, 24. So they didn't experience a whole lot. So I know what he's talking about. But I don't think that those are necessarily best models for us. (laughs) You know? Maybe that's me. I don't look at my parents as a model of how I would want my marriage to be. Especially when it comes to intimacy. And if I thought that, then I would never get married. Right. I never wanted to get married. You know, there are some people who see things in their household or um, in their families or with their parents. Because our our first model, the first folks we see um, are our parents, you know. And depending on what is happening in the household, um, sometimes that has an influence on the way someone interacts outside the home. We might have a caller here. Um, one second. Therapy Thursday. I'm your next door. Oh, thank you. One second, okay? Okay. All right. So that's another caller. There's a lady who wants to share her experience practicing celibacy for seven years. So um, caller number one, I thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, Someone asked if your uh, husband thought his situation was unusual. Could you uh, answer that before we let you go? Yeah. He... um if he thought his situation was unusual, he, yes, he does. He thought that um, he's upset. I was upset. Uh, God, how can I say this? He, he said um, other people are dysfunctional and, and men sometimes are not nice to their wives. I'm nice to you, but yet we're not having sex. And I said, because there's no chemistry between us. You, you, you don't feel the same way in you don't know how to do these things. So yes, he did think it was unusual. He wants, he says he wants, but he doesn't do the right change for okay. that. I will say, I would like to say, Dr. Delvina, to people, to women um, that are in my situation, I know you have a next caller, but at one point I was okay with having a sexless marriage. Wow. I, I was gonna be okay with it as long as I could find intimacy. If he'll hold my hand, if he'll cuddle with me, if he will oh want, to, want to do these things with me, go on a trip, do these I was okay with that because I would get something else out. And I realized that life is too short. Yeah. And happiness is letting go of what you assume your life is supposed to be like right now and then appreciate it for everything that it is. And so I realized that that was not what my life was supposed to be like. I'm so glad you came to that realization. Um, God wants us to have sex and lots of sex in a certain way, but we're here because of sex. We're here because of sex. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he wants anyone to be deprived of, of, of those things. No. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome, Dr. Delvina. I hope it can help somebody else. Don't don't settle. Yeah, don't settle. Okay, I'll place that as lesson number six from your, your story. All Thanks. right, have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. 
All right, y'all. That has been the show for tonight. Thank you so much for taking the couch with me for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. Thank you to my guest who came on to share her personal experiences of a sexless marriage. You know, for anyone who may be young and you're in a situation where your mate is healthy, they don't have any apparent or diagnosed physical health problems, please encourage them to go and see someone to see if there's something that's happening that is um, dissuading them from the desire to be intimate with you. But besides that, before you even get to the point of being in a marriage or a serious relationship with someone, have the conversation in the beginning. How important is intimacy to you? Is it important that we hold hands? What do you think about PDA, public display of affection? Do you like kissing hello and goodbye? Do you like to hug? Tell them what you like. And then besides that, you got to let it go. If they're not willing to accommodate you or meet you halfway, you may have to let it go. Every human being deserves and needs love and intimacy, y'all. So call our office if you have any questions, if you'd like to schedule to help process. If you're in this situation, it's 305 981 one seven zero zero and besides that please if you haven't subscribed to the actual podcast yet please subscribe it's the brain love podcast y'all and you can also follow me on youtube i have a youtube channel it's dr delvina thomas and i'm on instagram twitter clubhouse facebook as dr delvina thank you for your ear good night It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.